Hey stranger. Today we're going to talk a little bit about toxic relationships. Piggybacking on last week's episode on relationships and why we search for them and why we want them, I think it's important to talk about why we get ourselves stuck into toxic relationships. And I think a lot of us don't realize why or what it is about us that attracts toxic people. And we may blame ourselves, but I think that there are a lot of reasons that people get stuck in toxic relationships and may not even recognize others or their own toxicity. So I brought my friend here today who wants to talk a little bit about her experience in toxic relationships as someone who's now in her first healthy relationship that is free of toxicity. And she's going to talk a little bit about why she ended up in them, what they were like, and just in general, where she went from there and how she ended up in her healthy relationship. So we're going to let her speak a little bit now. Hi, uh, my name's Alicia. So I grew up in a very interesting household. Um, There are a lot of issues that stemmed from male figures in my life, and I believe that that was one of the reasons why I found myself in toxic relationships, um, because I never really had a stable male relationship in my life. I often turned towards broken people that I, in the end, tried to fix and obviously didn't work out. The first toxic relationship I was in was five years ago now, I think, Um, and it was my first ever intimate relationship with someone. Um, I was very young, very naive, and... I thought it was great. I really did. As most of us do. Yeah. It was very toxic looking back at it. Even after I got out of the relationship, I realized that it was very toxic um, and that I truly could not help that person as I also wasn't in the position to help them. Um, That was my first taste. Then I found someone else a couple of years later in my first year of university. Um, And again, this person was very broken. Um, I actually didn't realize it at first. I didn't know. I didn't have a lot of uh, context on their life. Um, And it bit me in the butt in the end. Um, Again, I tried to help this person. Um, And these two people that I am talking about were also toxic in very different ways. Um, Both of them were emotionally manipulative, which is, I feel, one of the top tiers of uh, toxic relationships. Um, But I think the second one was honestly worse. Um, this person depended on me for everything because they also came from a very broken home, um, and didn't have very good parental relationships in their life. So I kind of became their person to, uh, hold on to, and I was the caretaker, and it was very draining. 
and I also didn't realize that it was toxic when I was in it. I only realized after. Um, and actually that relationship ran through when COVID first hit Canada. And I had moved home to my parents' house and this person was severely manipulating me, telling me that they would leave me if I didn't go back to the city where they lived and where we both went to school and that they would find someone else and basically replace me, which hurt me. Um, and I actually ended up going back to, to live with them um, for four months, um, which in hindsight wasn't a very good decision because my parents were not very thrilled uh, and I ended up losing a lot of trust. And then in the end, it just didn't work. I think that a lot of us find ourselves in toxic relationships and I think that there are a lot of different reasons that we do and it's interesting that you bring up code, uh, codependency because I think that a lot of us don't recognize that codependency tends to equal toxicity and needing someone and relying on someone is very different than being codependent. So let's talk about it a little. I think that codependency is when you are unable to survive without that person. And there are a lot of us who have people, a family, and friends in our lives that we cannot feel that we could survive without. And I think that because friendships and family relationships exist within their own realm, it is a lot less toxic to have a codependent relationship with a best friend, for example, than it is within a relationship because relationships tend to come and go, whereas a lot of friendships stay. So codependency in relationships tends to breed toxicity. And it's interesting that you talk about family, like broken family leading mm -hmm. to toxic relationships. Cause I yeah. think that's very common especially in women. I think that women tend to search for people that mimic the relationships and experiences they had with men mm -hmm. in their earlier lives. And especially within heterosexual relationships, there's two very clear ways that men and women in heterosexual relationships who come from bad family lives or have had bad experiences with men and women tend to reach out and breed toxicity into their relationships. And I think that for men, they that come from unstable family structures, they tend to search for a caregiver. And women who come from unstable family structures tend to search for someone they can take care of. Because by taking care of someone else, and trying to fix a broken person, you don't have to look inward and fix yourself mm -hmm. and take care of yourself. You're able to put all of that care onto someone else. And this comes back to what I talked about in episode one, which is that it is much easier to love someone else than it is to love yourself. And because of that, people that have no self-love and come from structures and families where they weren't allowed to develop self-love tend to look for people that are broken because it's easier to love and fix them than themselves. So I just think that it, a lot of us tend to f 
find ourselves in relationships that at the time we may not view as toxic and then once we do we feel sort of stuck um but i think that there are ways to come out of that and find better people and a lot of women that i know find themselves stuck in this cycle of one toxic person to the next and until they can break that they don't find good people so i'm gonna let alicia talk a little bit about what it was like coming from a history of just toxic relationships to finding a good partner and a good relationship so i spent many years of my dating life in toxic relationships so my expectations i guess you could say were extremely low um and since i was basically the caregiver for almost a year in my last toxic relationship i really stopped expecting a lot from anyone whether they were um, a romantic relationship or not even my friends and my family Um, So once I found someone who was actually healthy and um, could understand where I came from, it was honestly very surprising to me. Um, And it kind of feels like a wave of water washing over you, like taking all the dirt off and just creating like a new person. Um, the person that I'm with currently is extremely understanding, non-judgmental, um, can handle themselves, and, um, understands that we can't always be together, um, and I also understand that now after experiencing it, and it's not very fun, might I add. Um, so there's, there's so many things that I've just realized that are so different. Um, And even like little favors I'm surprised by. I remember one time um, my partner cut up strawberries for me, washed and cut them up and gave them to me in a bowl. And I was so surprised. Like there were tears in my eyes because no one had ever done that for me before in a romantic relationship. I was just awed. And that is such a simple thing to be awed by, but it really makes you realize those little teeny tiny things in a relationship, any relationship, matter. And the person that you are with might not do that for you. Um, And one day, hopefully, you will find someone who will. I believe that there's someone out there for everyone and it just takes time. Doesn't matter how long it takes, there is someone out there. I believe that there is true love for everyone, which is very cliche. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you that you bring that up after last week being about specifically me talking about how soulmates don't just exist you have to find them Mm -hmm. and if you spend your life searching for the perfect person you may ignore the potential that other relationships have Mm -hmm. and so this like I do believe that there's someone who's out there for everyone 
but not in the way that we sort of discuss it not in like a perfect person that automatically is going to be perfect for you Mm -hmm. and I think that's because people ignore that relationships take work and they take effort and just because parts of a relationship is hard doesn't mean it's not good there's a difference between toxicity and difficulties and everyone faces difficulties everyone has challenges in every relationship has its own challenges but we tend to think that when the going gets hard it's not the right one which is untrue and so it is sort of interesting that you brought up that there is someone for everyone and it is cliche but I I do think it's it's there it just doesn't necessarily mean that there's one person out there that exists that's ready for you that's your soulmate that you're gonna find and instantly know but there is someone that you may find is a good person for you the best person for you the best person you've experienced Mm -hmm. and that could be the person that you spend your life with if that's what you want um i think it's was interesting that you brought up how you don't always have to be together and it sucks but it's true because in relationships that suffer from an extreme level of codependency which turns into toxicity you tend to be together all the time yeah and we need space for ourselves Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people that come out of codependent and toxic relationships tend to realize that wow I don't have to be with this person 24 7 for me to know that they love me Mm -hmm. and that that's this is good and good relationships doesn't mean you're around each other all the time and it's extra interesting because you you two are technically doing long distance right now yes technically so that's a whole new ball game for you because when you took a step to sort of do long distance when covid started with your toxic ex they manipulated you about it and tried to get you to come back yes and i ended up going back and living with them yeah for four months so it's interesting that you're now in your first legitimate long distance relationship that's also with your first healthy partner yeah so how's that been um it's been okay i've i'm a very laid-back person i feel um i do really like being around people because i thrive off of other people's energy um and sometimes i really don't like being alone um but since my partner did live in the same city as I do, I was able to see them whenever I wanted to, basically. And I didn't exploit that, I don't feel. Um, We would see each other a couple of times a week and spend the night with each other, and um, but we wouldn't be with each other every single day. Um, But they also understand another reason is because we're both currently um, undergrads so we have a lot of work to do so obviously you can't spend all of your time with someone and then also get all your work done on time and school is the number one priority right now so um it's it's been going good um my partner also works full-time so um i don't get to talk to them 
as much throughout the day which honestly isn't that bad because I'm busy during the day doing schoolwork (laughs) anyways so um it's okay um they have come up to visit me um and you know we FaceTime and text and stuff like that so we're still communicating and everything's going good there hasn't been any issues with it so um it's honestly not that bad Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that a lot of us are doing have been doing for the past year because of covid some different forms of long distance relationships and there are people whose partners are in different countries and couldn't come back and then there are people where you're sort of just stuck in two different cities and if you don't have ways to commute then you're you're feel a lot more separated than you normally would um i think i have one more question for you okay that i think is an interesting one that sort of came to mind So, as I talked about last week, a lot of people find that the most intimate part of their relationship is sex. Okay. And I wonder if you've noticed a different level of intimacy now that you're in a healthy relationship where you feel safe and comfortable, and how that changed, and if the notices that you've changed within your sex life. Um, that that is a very good question. I think I have... I've noticed that the time spent with my partner is extremely valuable Um, and we share a lot of the same interests so we enjoy watching movies and like TV shows together and that's a big way on how we connected when we first started seeing each other Um, and we still do that to this day and we've been seeing each other for many months. Um, I think that's one of our very intimate things that we do and it's also very fun to share an interest with someone Um, and obviously a lot of people think sex is like the only intimate thing in a relationship with someone. Which is untrue. Yes and um, I'm gonna be extremely honest. (laughs) Um, In my past relationships I feel like Um, for the person that I was with, it was mostly about sex and it wasn't about spending time with someone else and doing things together and finding special interests that you both share. Um, so now that I have that and sex isn't up on this pedestal of that it always has to happen and you can't do anything else, it's very interesting to look back (laughs) and, and, uh, compare and contrast those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it is interesting because in a lot of toxic relationships, there's no true intimacy. Yeah. And I find that in a lot of toxic heterosexual relationships, the main purpose of the relationship is sex. Yeah. And it is always asked for and always on the table. And it is held as this pedestal and a lot of particularly toxic men view sex as the only way that they are intimate with someone, which is mm-hmm. not true. You can be intimate in many different ways. So that's primarily why I asked the question, being in a non-toxic relationship where sex isn't the only way that you guys, you two can be intimate together. Mm-hmm. So it really changes the dynamic within the sexual side of your relationship where it's about the both of you yeah. and it's about enjoyment. It's not just that this is the only way we feel we can be intimate. Yeah. So that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I 
think that's all we can talk about next week. We'll delve a little bit more into the different ways that people breed toxicity into their lives. And again, if there's anything that you want discussed, you can DM me on Instagram.